0: They were entertainment for noblemen, stock in trade for fortune tellers and coveted works of art. They were tarot cards. Hello, I'm Rachel Kahn, and on the art today we discover the colorful history of the most unusual card game of all. In fact, no one's entirely sure how it was played, but the pictures on the trump cards of a tarot deck have inspired soothsayers, psychologists, and artists, including Albrecht Dürer and Salvador Dali. Jean-Michel David is a longtime tarot teacher The
1: first cards that have similarities to tarot arose in Northern Italy in the 15th century. Whether or not you classify them as tarot probably depends partly on how you're going to to characterize it. Those earliest cards uh, include some decks that were individually painted for the Visconti and Sforza families. They are absolutely magnificent um, artistic specimens really. They don't actually have a full set of 78 cards. And so there's some questions as to whether or not some of those cards have been lost or were never made and whether or not it is a characteristic of terror to have 78.
0: You mentioned the Sforza families. I mean, they were noble families, especially possessing such beautifully illustrated cards. Do we know what they were using those cards for?
1: We we can't be sure... Some people have claimed that they were used for uh, gaming purposes, however if you actually look at both the size of those cards and the and the detail of the images, one has questions as to, as to whether or not it was simply a um, a deck that was only used for gaming. On the other hand, because it has the, the suits such as uh, the coins or the, the swords etc., it does suggest that very likely they were also used for gaming. There are all the decks around dating from about the same time that were clearly used for gaming purposes. There is also evidence that um, th- there are rules for the game that are extant from, from about the 16th century.
0: Now, you've said 78 cards. How many of those cards actually have the pictures on them?
1: Of the 78, um, there are 22 that have those pictures that characterize tarot. In some of the more modern decks, all of the 78 have scenic depictions on them. And even there is one deck, the Sola Busca, which also stems from northern Italy in very early days, that also has uh, scenic depictions on all the cards. So when we generally talk about tarot, we normally talk about having equivalent of five suits, four suits corresponding to our standard playing game, and that fifth suit, the suit of trumps or the suit of... uh, what's generally called the Major Arcana or the Atus, uh, they normally consist of 22.
0: What is actually depicted on the 22 cards of the Major Arcana? The cards have
1: allegorical and symbolic representations of, for example, justice, uh, strength, uh, and some of the other cardinal virtues, and theological virtues even possibly. And when we talk about those virtues, they include, from St. Paul, they include the virtue of love, And hope. And so there are some of those depictions such as the star card, which has been traditionally associated with the virtue of hope. If we also look at some of the other depictions such as, for example, the tower card The tower tower, There are very similar depictions that are represented on some of the 12th century cathedral buildings uh, made of stone carvings basically, not only all over France but also in northern Italy again And What's quite fascinating then is that we touch then at the at the archaeology of tarot, if you like, what comes before tarot but undoubtedly influences what arises as tarot. So you have some of the symbolic images that are maybe depicting a scene from a uh, pseudo-infancy gospel for, of St. Matthew, for example, in which when Herod sends a command to kill all the children, the, uh, Mary and Jesus and Joseph go over to Egypt, And what he said in that pseudo-infancy gospel, which was well known in the 12th, 13th century, is that the the pagan temples around them fell apart, fell down. And it seems that the tower, certainly as depicted very similarly on the 12th century cathedrals, is precisely similar to what we have on the tarot.
0: That's very interesting. So you're pointing to a Christian influence there. What other influences on the tarot can be seen? Because this was a period of the Renaissance, Neoplatonism and so forth.
1: The Neoplatonic influences are, I think, throughout the tarot. Not only Neoplatonic, but also Neopythagorean, in which uh, number is deemed also very important. There's a 15th century poem written by Boado, or Boyado which is the uncle of uh, Pico della which is a very important figure in uh, Renaissance northern Italy and Boedo's poem characterizes each of the cards of the tarot in poetic form and he was a very strong neoplatonist and of course Pico della Mirandola was also a very important neoplatonic figure if we look at some of the similar cards around for example the, the Mantegna deck again we have a uh, Jura who actually carves or maybe um, an apprentice of his, designs 10 of those 50 different cards. So we have some important um, people that are well-known that have an impact on on tarot and tarot design.
0: Jean-Michel, when were tarot cards first used for divination, to tell fortunes?
1: There is some evidence that even in northern Italy in the 16th century, some cards were individually used to tell a story to the person that may have been sitting opposite. So is that a characterization of divination, telling something about the person, or is it actually more a play for word game? And frankly I'm not sure. When it is clearly used for divination purposes is from the beginning of the nineteenth century. In, in seventeen eighty one, Court de Gebelin wrote in a massive volume on looking at uh, all cultures that uh, were known of at the time, he suggested that there may have been a rapport between tarot and ancient Egypt. He was also a Freemason. and Another Freemason that he knew, called Aliet, or in his name that he used on the tarot was Eteya, actually wrote a book on divination in the early 1800s.
0: Well, today tarot cards are widely believed to be an occult phenomenon, how did they become part of that world?
1: The occult, first of all, occult uh, literally just means hidden. So there is always an aspect of a spiritual hidden part to many things that we engage in. But to answer your question directly, in the mid-19th century, probably the most prominent and important figure that um, led terror in that direction was Alphonse Louis Constant or Eliphas Levi. And he was also influential with uh, Westcott, in which he showed Westcott his correlations between tarot and the Hebrew letters of the alphabet. And Westcott was, uh, 20 years later, a founder of the Order of the Golden Dawn, from which we have most of our 20th century decks.
0: What I find so interesting about the tarot decks is that they evolve. There are new ones made all the time, and I understand there are a few interesting Australian tarot decks.
1: There are some absolutely fantastic Australian tarot decks. Two more recent ones uh, include uh, the Golden Terror from uh, Cat Black in uh, Western Australia and the Spiral in Melbourne from Kay Steventon, uh, both of which will be at the conference, by the way. There's also a Dreamtime Terror, a Celestial Terror that's coming out or it's just come out. A Millennium Terror designed by um, two women in uh, South Australia in the mid 80s that is again absolutely beautiful. In each of these cases, I think we need to look at them and say, how is it a tarot deck rather than a different type of deck which may be used for divination or, or reflective purposes? And what I think makes them tarot decks rather than other types of decks which are also coming out as well, is precisely the structure that tarot incorporates as well as, and I think that's really important for for many of us that are interested in, in tarot, as well as the the spiritual impulse, if you like, that somehow reflects one's journey towards striving for a deeper understanding of of the spiritual of of us as individuals and us as as groups of people.
0: So, Jean-Michel, you think tarot has a spiritual significance?
1: Personally, I do. Yes. Um. There there might be some people that see it simply as a social construct or as a wonderful psychological tool which of course it is also used for but i do think it actually reflects an aspect of of one's spiritual journey and if you take the major arcana sequence and actually start looking through them there is an aspect of uh, development that that seems to arise from very early on when you have the card that's generally called the ma- the magician which is virtually like a young man struggling with uh, the elements, trying to to manipulate, to understand, to work the elements, until you get to the end of the sequence with the world in which you have generally represented a young woman, virtually like uh, the divine Sophia, within an envelope, and within that, the four um, fixed signs of the zodiac or Ezekiel's vision.
0: So do you think that that spiritual way of reading the tarot cards can be seen as compatible with one's faith? Can a Christian enjoy the tarot and not see it as violating his or her faith?
1: I think that most of the tarot decks and books that have been written have actually been written by very strong uh, Christians. I don't want to say that it's exclusive, of course, because especially in the last 30 years, it has really been taken up by uh, many other faiths as well. If you look at, for example, Tomberg's Meditations on the Tarot, it was published anonymously, uh, that is a, a very Catholic book. And the the new edition is, uh, has a uh, foreword written by a German cardinal whose name just escapes me at the moment. There is also uh, another book also written by a Christian monk from um, Ireland. That's a very recent, uh, wonderful book. At the conference as well, we have a... Uh, person coming over who actually works with the tarot from a very strong Christian perspective, viewing the cards like symbols from which to develop and talk about Bible stories.
0: How interesting. Goodness. How far did the tarot cards travel around the world? I mean, is it a European phenomenon only?
1: Not anymore, no. Originally, it was very European or Eurocentric. Probably the the largest number of decks that have been developed over the last five, six years have been from Japan uh, using uh, manga-style imagery, which personally doesn't appeal to me. But I think if there is any type of uh, future development that we're going to see in terms of a major new deck coming out, it will probably be from uh, one of the Asian countries.
0: Jean-Michel, how did you become interested in the tarot?
1: I suppose that I grew up with terror being around in, in two different ways. One of them is um, my father actually gambled with, with the game of terror, so terror was always around. But in terms of its more spiritual or esoteric aspects, it was probably more my interest uh, that stemmed from my early 20s onwards, in which um, I became interested in both the symbolic, the historical, and the spiritual values that seems to be reflected in some of the, especially the Marseille deck, I'll call it. Now, the Marseille deck does not stem from Marseille, by the way. <laughs> it's a, a common name that was applied to it in the 1930s. As soon as you start studying the tarot in any way, what you're led to is in is in different directions. In one direction, it's the historical aspect: what happened in not only Europe, but in terms of what influences occurred in Europe, right from the 11th century onwards, and from there. The vast range of influences, whether it be from North Africa or from further east, for example, what influences were there on the Mamluks from China, that all becomes part of the historical influx which uh, becomes tarot.
0: Well, tarot cards are so beautiful and obviously a great medium for artists. Has the tarot influenced or inspired other artistic works?
1: Absolutely, uh, probably of real important mention, I would say, is Larry Sitsky, who's from the ANU School of Music. He's now about 80 years old. But about 10 years ago, he composed a piano concerto called The 22 Paths of the Tarot, which was one of uh, 10 works that was uh, chosen by UNESCO in 1995 to be part of the International Rostrum
0: of Composers. Jean-Michel David was editor of the republished Tarot Symbolism by Robert O'Neill.